Those of you who might have been wondering where I've been this past week, um, I've been away on retreat. I've been with the New Forest Dominicans, um, with the sisters there, five days of silence. And I'd like to share with you an observation I had while I was with them, an observation I've had repeatedly over the years whenever I've been with nuns and monks. And it's this, that they live poverty, they live simplicity, and yet they're the happiest people I know. That the only thing they possess is the pearl of great price, the Lord, And yet in having that one thing, they have everything they need. I remember when I was a teenager, um, visiting a young woman from my parish who joined a religious order called the Community of the Beatitudes. And I was very struck by how every member of that community had the exact same regulation size cell, the same furniture, same bed, same desk, even the same little alarm clock having nothing themselves personally, but only what they were communally using. And yet a house filled with joy. I've visited over the years the poor Clares and been amazed at how they can live without central heating. I've been privileged to spend time with Mother Teresa's missionaries of charity and been even more amazed at how they depend on holy providence for everything that's given to them, often not knowing what the food the next day will be until somebody does or doesn't donate it to them. Now, if you put me in any of those situations, I fear that I would not be happy. I fear that I would spend too much of my time looking back over my shoulder and thinking about the things I didn't have, thinking about the temperature of the room not being, not being centrally heated, um, about the food not being to my taste. And yet my point to you is that there is, as I said, my repeated experience of nuns and monks, that they are the happiest people I know. That to live in holy poverty brings not misery, but happiness. Now, nuns and monks live in a very dramatic way what we heard the Lord Jesus speak about in that gospel passage. Namely, that they have the kingdom of heaven, the pearl of great price, a thing that is so precious that it's worth giving up everything else in order to acquire it. We heard a similar illustration in our first reading. We heard about Solomon. And how Solomon was, had the Lord appeared to him in a dream and was offered anything he asked for. And he didn't ask for riches and wealth and possessions. But he asked for that wisdom of the Lord. A wisdom that he wanted not for himself, but in order that he might serve his people. Now, the pearl of great price is, as the early scripture scholars, the fathers teach us, it is the Lord himself, that he is the one who is the kingdom in person. So the pearl of great price that we should be seeking to possess, that possessing it we have everything, 
is none other than the Lord. And those who've put themselves, those who've given up everything to have that pearl of great price, have put themselves on the path to the greatest happiness. It's not a guarantee of happiness. You can be a grumpy monk if you don't actually live out what your vows are. But that is the path, the easiest, surest, directest path to greatest happiness. And for very simple reasons. As I say often, that joy is the fruit of love. And when we love the greatest thing, God, our joy is greatest. And holy poverty enables that because it frees our heart to love him more directly. And St. Thomas Aquinas sums this up when he says that the more the heart cleaves to one thing, it necessarily withdraws from something else. And the vow of poverty frees the person, detaches the person from the things of earth, freeing it to more directly and easily cleave to heaven, to the Lord. Now where does this leave ourselves? Because you and I don't take vows of poverty. I'm a diocesan priest, which means I don't possess as much as some people, but what I do possess, I do truly own. This is truly my watch here, even if it is just a Casio. Um, someone was laughing at my watch recently. Um, anyway, you and I do truly own things, do truly possess things. Well, how do we then live out what I'm talking about here? Well, what we want is to be free to love, free to not be weighed down by the things of this world. And while the nun or monk lives holy poverty in totality, you and I can live holy poverty in lots of little bite-sized portions. So that I go through this world, yes, I possess things, but possessing them in such a way that I am willing and able to let go of them. Possess things in such a way that I live with them as someone who is passing through this world to another. Not with my heart so clinging, so nailed down to this world that I can't move on. And when we make small acts of self-denial, every time in self-denial that I say no to myself about some small pleasure, say no to myself over some small purchase, that that small no is freeing my heart from an excessive detachment and leaving me freer, therefore, to love. Another way of putting all of this is to note that it's, it's about my priorities. Where do my priorities lie? That my happiness in the next world and my happiness in this world depends on what it is I put my priorities in. As St. Augustine put it, our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. And how I relate to possessions is a very easy test of what it is I'm trying to rest my soul in. 
Am I trying to rest it just here below or in the Lord? So let me bring that to a conclusion by considering a question. So we heard how the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and offered him a choice of anything. Well, if the Lord appeared to you in a dream this night and offered you the choice of anything you might desire, how many of us have recognised the pearl of great price, the Lord, enough that what we would ask for is to say simply, Lord, you are what I desire.